This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. During the COVID-19 situation, shoppers have encountered empty shelves and limited products to buy and assume the cause is hoarding. But an expert on supply chains says there's another factor causing these shortages. In a normal situation, Americans get almost a quarter of their food from restaurants. So the supply chain is set up to send a quarter of our food supply through different distributors, different logistics providers, different trucks, than what would go to the grocery store. Then, there are smart financial moves to make during the current economic downturn. We'll have the story. Really what we're encouraging people to do is ask themselves two basic questions before they decide on a stimulus check or anything else. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. During COVID-19 news coverage, we've all heard the term supply chain used. But what exactly is a supply chain and how does it work or sometimes not work? Here to explain is an expert on supply chain management. Dr. Amy David, Clinical Assistant Professor of Management at Crannert School of Management at Purdue University. Many people hear the term supply chain and maybe they think of trucks delivering goods, but Trucks are certainly important, but there's a lot more to the process. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Trucks and delivery are certainly one part of the supply chain, but the supply chain actually encompasses everything that creates value for the end customer. It starts with raw materials and then might include manufacturing in several different steps and then distribution or retailing or things of that sort. And only then does it go out to the customer in that last mile or truck delivery. So all of those are pieces of the supply chain, which is one reason it's so complex and potentially open to risk. If one thing goes wrong in that entire process, you're going to end up with customers who aren't getting what they need. So when we visit a store that's usually well-stocked and we see uh, rows of empty shelves, as with COVID-19, what are the supply chain factors involved there? One of the big factors right now is actually a shift in demand. In a normal situation, Americans get almost a quarter of their food from restaurants. So the supply chain is set up to send a quarter of our food supply through a totally different supply chain, through different distributors and different logistics providers, different trucks, than what would go to the grocery store. What we're seeing right now is all that restaurant demand has disappeared, and that means the grocery store demand has gone way, way up. It's not easy for food manufacturers to very quickly shift over anything that was in the restaurant supply chain. It might be sitting at a restaurant supply chain. It might not be packaged correctly for consumer sale. It might not be labeled correctly for consumer sale. The quantities might not be correct. So a lot of stuff that was intended for restaurants cannot just be immediately diverted and sold in the grocery stores. And that's where we're seeing some shortages. Now, we're at the four to six week point here. You are starting to see some of the manufacturers make those changes and send more stuff through the grocery supply chain, and some of it is starting to even out. But the initial shock had a lot to do with the movement of consumer demand from restaurants, cafeterias, etc., to being almost entirely grocery stores. 
Automobile manufacturers utilize just-in-time delivery of parts to the factories instead of keeping things in inventory, so they rely on these constant deliveries to keep the factory humming along, which works well until there's a disruption, as with COVID-19. So how common is this just-in-time approach, and does this involve risk to the receiver of the goods? Certainly, it involves risk. One thing that inventory does is buffer you against that risk. If you're holding a lot of inventory, then you are in good shape if demand spikes for some reason, if one of your suppliers can't deliver, etc. So removing the inventory definitely causes more risk exposure. That said, there are not that many companies running a just-in-time supply chain these days. And one of the reasons for that is that supply chains have become more and more global. If you look at something simple, even if you look at maybe a backpack, as an example I give my students in class, a backpack may have five or six, seven different countries of origins. The zipper came from somewhere, the fabric came from somewhere, the lining came from somewhere. And because the supply chains are more and more global, we see people holding more and more inventory to buffer against, again, all those risks throughout the supply chain. So really, the only way to mitigate risk is to keep some inventory. There's really no other way to do it, I guess. There are other ways of mitigating risk. Some of them would be having a real flexible workforce. You can have multiple suppliers. So if you're a U.S. manufacturer, you might have an overseas supplier and a local supplier and the local supplier might be more expensive, so you only use the local supplier if there's a disruption, but it's going to cost you quite a bit more to do that. You might be able to flex your workforce or your manufacturing. You might be able to divert resources from one product to another. So there are other ways to build flexibility and redundancies into your supply chain. The inventory tends to be the most common and the simplest way to do it. We're talking with Dr. Amy David, Clinical Assistant Professor of Management at Cranert School of Management at Purdue University, and we're talking about supply chains. Many products, I guess you would say, rely on multiple supply chains, and I'll just use the example of a frozen pizza that you might buy at the supermarket. There's the cheese maker who gets the milk from the dairy. The cardboard boxes rely on a paper mill. The tomato sauce, tomatoes have to be harvested and shipped. How do they avoid errors in a complicated supply chain like that? Very carefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is one of the reasons that we teach supply chain and that it's a very important discipline here in the business school. There are a lot of parts that have to work together, and we do have some technology ways of dealing with that. And another trend is transparency throughout the supply chain. If you are the pizza manufacturer and you have a forecast on how many pizzas you're going to sell, the more of that information you can share with the cheese manufacturer and the tomato manufacturer and the cardboard box manufacturer, the better they can plan. So there are a lot of different pieces that have to work together, and they all have to come together just right. As you said, it is very complicated to make even simple goods. Warehouses are a very important part of supply chains, I would imagine, and some of them today are just huge. They're mind-bogglingly gigantic in terms of size. What's the role of warehouses in supply chains, and has that role changed from the past? Well, it goes back to what you said earlier about inventory. 
and how we actually reduce risk in the supply chain. If you need to get something to your customer in one day, then you need to have a warehouse that is close to your customer, quite simply. Amazon, of course, is famous for getting things to you the next day, and they have a warehouse footprint all over the United States that allows them to do that. I'm located in Lafayette, Indiana. If I order something, it comes from the Indianapolis warehouse, and I have it the next day. If there weren't an Indianapolis warehouse and it had to be shipped from Seattle, I certainly wouldn't be able to get it. So putting your inventory in the warehouses is how you get things to your customer quickly. But the trade-off, of course, is then you have to carry inventory, and inventory can be expensive. Warehousing costs can be expensive. If you're talking about a food supply chain, you have stuff that can expire, so you don't want to have too much in your warehouse. It'll expire, or on electronics, it might go obsolete. Everybody's talking right now, obviously, about face masks and the expiration dates there. People are finding stuff in warehouses past expiration dates, and there are some questions on whether they are still usable. So the warehouse is a tool, but it can also be a bit of a liability if we start carrying too much inventory in a place where it's not needed. There are many uh, skilled people who make supply chains work day in and day out, from purchasing to planning, logistics, and so on. Yet most of the public only hears about supply chains when there's a shortage somewhere. What should people know about supply chains and the people behind them? Well, first of all, I'll say that I think supply chain is a really interesting and fun career. I worked in industry for quite a while before returning to academia and taking a job at Purdue. So there's a lot of opportunity, and it's a younger field and it's a quickly changing field. So if anybody's thinking about a career in supply chain, I would say there are a lot of different opportunities, everything from analytics and forecasting to more of the people side and negotiations. For the average member of the public who isn't looking for a new career in supply chain, I would just say that it's important to think about where everything you have comes from, how the things you buy actually get to you, because there are concerns throughout the entire supply chain. You have environmental concerns, you have labor concerns, etc., And when you order something from Amazon and it shows up the next day, you don't have all the visibility of all the things it took to make that happen. But a lot goes into it. And as we are seeing right now, there can be disruptions. So thinking about the complexity of the supply chain is one of the big things that I think consumers should realize as they purchase goods. Dr. Amy David, Clinical Assistant Professor of Management at Cranert School of Management at Purdue University, and definitely an expert on supply chains. There's a lot that goes into it. We appreciate you talking to us today. Thanks so much for having me. Next, smart financial moves to make right now. That story, coming up. You're listening to InfoTrack. More after this. <laughs> 